Raising black children in the United States can be really scary. And as a black mother, I realized I was parenting from fear and I wanted to make a commitment to parent for liberation. You are listening to the Parenting for Liberation podcast. I am your host, Trina Green-Brown. Each episode, I'm joined by other Black parents, and we discuss our journeys to push past our fears to raise our beautiful Black children to be whole, free, and liberated. Wake up, everybody, no more sleeping. Hey, this is Trina. I'm excited to share a new podcast series with you all. We're changing it up a bit for a few special feature episodes. And I'll be sharing some liberated parenting strategies for my upcoming book, Parenting for Liberation, A Guide for Raising Black Children. The book is informed by interviews from this podcast. And over the course of all of these interviews on this podcast, Black parents who have spoken to me have dropped their own nuggets of wisdom about how they are shifting from fear to liberation and how they are practicing liberation in their homes. I've put those stories together and created some strategies, um, and they're in this Parenting for Liberation guide. The guide is coming out Juneteenth, June 19, 2020. So to connect the podcast with this new book, which again is the data point for the book, I thought it was only right to have some episodes to highlight the strategies in the book. It's like a homecoming of sorts, where the podcast learnings are returning back to themselves through this book, and it's beautiful to see it all come full circle. For each episode in the series, there will be three key points. I will highlight a liberated strategy from the book. I will reference and ground in the original podcast episode, and I will explore how to practice the strategy right now during COVID-19 when so many parents are home with their children 24-7. Now is the time to really ground in liberated parenting practices. All right, so let's jump into this topic, which is, uh, it builds on the last episode about family agreements. So... It's based on the same interview that I had with the D Report, which is episode one, Parent of Liberation, an interview with KUCR 88.3 FM. In that interview, I referenced the book I have been reading um, that I love, which is called All About Love by Bell Hooks. Um, it's an incredible book. If you haven't read it, pick it up. In her section about justice and childhood love, um, Bell Hooks talks about loving parents um, and I think that I think of loving parents as as how she describes it as like what I would call a liberated parent. Um, and she talks about these loving parents who practice love through justice and who make sure that their children have rights and that they uphold their children's rights. So she states in that book, in that section, that love is as love does. And it is our responsibility to give children love. When we love children, we acknowledge by our every action that they are not our property, that they have rights, and that we respect and uphold their rights. Without justice, there can be no love. Hook speaks specifically about discipline, which is not equated to punishment. She asserts that loving parents work hard to discipline without punishment. This doesn't mean that they never punish, she says. Only that when they do punish, those punishments are like timeouts or taking away privileges. They focus on teaching their children how to be self-disciplining and how to take responsibility for their actions. So this piece leads to the practice, the liberated parenting practice of the triple A's of accountability, which is connected to the family agreements. So if a family agreement is broken that we've created, then we all have to be held accountable. 
And Parents for Liberation believes that in order to teach children how to take responsibility for their actions, as Bell Hook says, we must practice what we preach. So in that episode with the D Report, I talked about how Terrence called me in about raising my voice when I get frustrated. And boy, believe me, that is an issue that I struggle with still. It's a work in progress and I'm continuously learning and he continuously calls me in and holds me accountable. So what I experienced through his calling me in and holding me accountable is that there's actually a a practice that I've gotten into that I want to share. And it's in the book called uh, The Triple A's. And they are to acknowledge. So you actually acknowledge what happened and make sure that you're having a shared understanding of what happened. You account for the impact of your behavior or what you said. You account for the impact that it had on the person or whoever you're engaging with. And you adapt. You make commitments to shift the behavior going forward. You don't continuously do the same thing. You actually have to adapt and make new agreements together. So how does AAA show up right now during COVID-19? So quick question. Are there any parents out there who are trying to help their kids with schoolwork and getting impatient or are getting very frustrated? I slowly raise my hand. You cannot see me, but I'm raising my hand. So here's a real-time incident. I was trying to help Terrence with an assignment and I blow up. I raise my voice. I guilt him for not understanding. Uh, It's just all bad. And so I have to practice my triple A's. And so the first step was to acknowledge, right? So me and him had to get on the same page. We had to restate what happened. I asked him what he felt was going on, and then I acknowledged what I felt was going on. So for example, I, I acknowledged that I lost my temper trying to help him with his homework. I acknowledge that I raised my voice out of my own frustration. I acknowledge that it has nothing to do with him and it's all about me feeling incompetent and being able to explain to him a concept. Um, And similarly, he can acknowledge his own contribution, right? So he could acknowledge that he used his independent work time that was allotted for him to to do this actual assignment, that he spent it actually taking a break that he said he needed. He said he needed a break, which I understand he does, but that break meant playing Fortnite. Right. So he had to acknowledge that he actually contributed as well. Second, second step was after we acknowledge it, that we account. Um, And so regardless of our best intentions. Right. So we all many of us have the best intentions. We're trying to do our best. We're all doing our best. We're struggling out here with our children and none of us want to intentionally hurt or cause harm or, or impact our children in a negative way. Even with our best intentions, we both we all can have impacts on one another. So for me, I felt like I was doing a a best intention. I was trying to help my kid with this assignment. Even though he had time to do it, he didn't. And so I'm trying to help him. And I think his intention was to give himself a break during that time. He was taking care of himself. He needed a break from all the online computer stuff, and he just needed to decompress. So we both had the best intentions, but we both had impacts on one another. So we must account. I accounted for hurting his feelings. And making him feel like it was his fault that he wasn't understanding the concept, I also validated that he needed a break. And that I explained to him that I understood that it could be really hard to be learning in this way that's not familiar and it could be frustrating. And so I understand that he needed a break. And he could account to me for impacting my time, right? So by him taking a break, it puts more pressure on himself to meet the deadline. And also, I'm trying to work from home full time. And so he has to account for the impact of his decision to take a break on me and taking away my time from work and creating more pressure for me. Um, And I want to flag that step two is called accounting. 
and not apologize. Even though apology starts with an A and it could have totally fit with the triple A's, um, I intentionally said accounting because I've experienced in my own personal life um, receiving empty apologies where the person says, I'm sorry you felt that way, which puts the onus on the person who's been impacted instead of the person taking accountability and responsibility for their behavior. Or I've received just, I'm sorry, and that's it. Just, I'm sorry. And so accounting, I use the word accounting because accounting moves us to take responsibility. It's not that a person just felt that way. It's that my behavior or actions created that impact, right? And then step three, which is the final step, is where we make an agreement or we adapt, right? We adapt to, to new behaviors or new practices to interrupt the current habit. And so in our situation, the current habit is that when I get fr- when I get frustrated, I raise my voice. Or when I get irritated, I raise my voice. And so adapting invites us to pause and slow down and get at what is the behavior that we want to change, right? What is the behavior that we want to adapt? It helps us to actually note that we have decision points. Like, I can't just say, oh, I just get frustrated. Actually, there's something that happens. There's actually a moment of pause that I could have taken a different route. When I'm getting frustrated, I can pause. I can breathe. I can choose to take a step back. I can choose to walk away. I can choose to say, you know, I don't have a lot of time right now because I have to get back to work, so I'm going to return to this at another time. So what this teaches our children is that it teaches them self-discipline, that Bell Hooks referenced. How do we teach our children to have self-discipline? How do we teach them and model for them how to take responsibility for them actions and how to be accountable? And that requires us as parents to practice this. As Bell Hooks tells us, it's loving parents that discipline without punishment. If I want my child to make good decisions, I have to teach and model that. I can't just punish him without explaining and helping him to understand the problematic nature of his behavior and then him understanding what are the choices that he can make. All right, so that's it for this mini episode. Thanks for listening. This Liberated Parenting Strategy is informed by episode one, which is What is Parenting for Liberation? A Conversation with the D Report. So feel free to check out that full episode and learn more about this practice and the story. And if you want to pick up the book to learn more about all of these incredible liberated parenting strategies that are informed by the parents who've interviewed on this podcast, you can check out that book on Feminist Press. And that code is Trina20 to get 20% off. All right. Talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Parenting for Liberation. I hope that something shared on this episode helps you on your journey to liberated parenting. To learn more about our other episodes, check out our website at www.parentingforliberation.org backslash podcast. Please like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you're listening on iTunes, make sure you give us a good review. Wake up, everybody. No more sleeping in bed. No more backward thinking.